Welcome back to the Get Me Started podcast. Before we begin today, I'd first like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is being recorded, who are the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to any Indigenous persons listening today. I acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and that this land was, is and always will be traditional Aboriginal land. I would encourage all of my listeners to do some research and better understand the land on which they live, work and socialise on on a daily basis. Welcome back to another episode of Get Me Started. My name is Thea and this is episode seven. The topic for today's episode is the memification of social issues and what it means to make light of some of the biggest concerns facing our generation and our society. There was a lot of responses to this questionnaire and I got so much wonderful feedback from the community of their thoughts and opinions on this topic. So I'm really excited to share them with you guys today and to also run you through some of the pitfalls that I feel have arisen out of the use of memes, particularly in the political sphere and when it comes to issues of racial justice and feminism. So let's get straight into the content for today. I think the first question that has to be addressed and something which I feel I maybe hadn't even considered fully myself was what even is a meme anymore? I think the classic notion of a meme being some form of comic picture with text that makes just a random obscure in-joke isn't really what we mean when we say meme today. Memes cover such a broad range of formats, they cover such a broad range of issues and they come now not just as pictures but also sort of as videos and gifs and the like and I think the term meme has become sort of synonymous with this idea of short sharp imagery with a potentially comical but largely satirical undertone and this I think is really important to think about before we even begin discussing what people's responses to the questionnaire have been because I don't think that I fully framed out what I was interpreting a meme to be and I feel that there were definitely some responses which took memes to be something different than what I was imagining in my own head and so the overall uh, vibe of the response maybe was different than what I expected but it came from a different interpretation and that is also important in this conversation for the fact of where do we draw the line about what is and isn't a meme and what characteristics are we applying to that when we think about them? So just keep that in your head that some of the things that I might talk about or some of the responses that might have been given might actually have been thinking about the content of a meme or the categorization of memes differently than what you would have imagined for yourself. The element of comedic influence has obviously been a big part of meme culture, I guess. It is where memes came from in the sense that they were funny and that's how they got people's attention and it was this sort of dark humour that was laid over comical, fun imagery a lot of the time, which really created this sort of following of the masses in the idea that it became and has become a cultural language for our generation. But that comedic influence is not always present and I think it's important to reflect on the fact that the difference now between what we count as comedic and what we allow to be passed on as comedic, even though it has no comedic intention, 
actually has ramifications for the way in which we engage with the content and the issues that have been portrayed through memes. So who makes memes? Where do they even come from? Because maybe a few years ago when they were less common, they were coming predominantly from the masses in the sense of it was in-jokes and it was takes on other memes that then grew into these chain reactions where you could only understand one if you understood one that came seven steps before it. And there was this idea of meme collecting and always being on top of it and people trying to make clever, witty memes off the back of other memes and other viral trends. Nowadays, however, we actually do know that politicians and political parties, as well as corporations and businesses, utilize the meme format to create messaging through social media, which may not inherently be connected to their brand or come from a place of ownership of over the meme or over the visual content, but that are created and endorsed by these larger bodies and these larger authorities so that they can tap into the social psyche of uh, the millennial generation and the generation of us who are much more in Engaged with social media and who do who do rely on social media for a lot more of our news and information. So politicians use this online strategy to like attract and infuriate and persuade voters and candidates' opinions from voters, so that they can better harness the social energy that comes with that. They work if they can be virally shared. And they create a sense of groups because if you are in, if you get the meme and you're out, if you don't get the meme and they normalize statements about political figures or political issues in this very layered way. It's just a thin layer every single time, but every single time the same meme is shared or every single time the same message is shared through other memes, those thin layers build up to become very influential on the way in which people think about these political figures and political issues. And it is a very clever use of emotional responsivity to content online because the more emotional the response from the individual, the greater the intent of that individual to spread it further and therefore the greater likelihood that a broader group of people are going to latch onto and endorse whatever perspective is being shared through that particular meme. This creates this shared sphere of cultural knowledge because everyone is then understanding of everyone else's understanding of that political issue. And although some would call it an echo chamber, it almost takes on a life of its own outside of that echo chamber concept because it's actually informing the opinion without being spoken about without being discussed, without being interrogated. It's just this soft layering that is happening in the background that really begins to infiltrate the psyche of different groups and different individuals. So this can be particularly detrimental because it removes this debate. It removes this critical discussion because you can easily share a meme with somebody And neither of you need to actually comment on the content of the meme, but you have shared that mutual experience and that mutual visual and a mutual understanding of what that means with one another. 
Whereas if you share an article or you share even maybe a tweet, which is slightly longer form and has a bit more text in it, there is more likelihood that whomever you're sharing it with is going to engage with that content on a slightly more critical level. I'm not saying they're necessarily going to write a 2000 word essay on it, but comparative to what you can do with a meme, what you're going to do with an article is at least get someone to say, oh, that was interesting for this reason, or I didn't really agree with the bit here. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's where the conversation ends. But there's a reaction that is verbalized and articulated because you've actually had to process a certain amount of information rather than just being fed this very small image which infiltrates your psyche in a way you might not even understand. Somebody in the questionnaire responded with the idea that memes are the modern day propaganda poster, which I thought was a really clever way of conceptualizing the use that they have particularly in politics, to create cultural shifts and cultural energies without actually having to be forcefully introduced to any one group. And these seemingly neutral memes and seemingly neutral topics can become weaponized for either side of the political spectrum or any political candidate to utilize them in a way which enables them to ingrain themselves into the social psyche of particular groups of people. A really good example of this and something that I know was a very controversial when it became more well known is the Pepe the Frog meme, which began as a satirical meme about a sad frog and ended up as a symbol for the alt-right white supremacist movement. And I don't think that the creator of that meme necessarily, from my understanding, intended that to be the outcome. But then you've seen this frog morph from being just something that was shared around schoolyard friends to being utilized as a symbol of suppression and racism around the world by a very particular group of people. And if that doesn't demonstrate the power of these small images, then there's not much else that's going to be able to show you just how inherent that language of imagery and that language of those unspoken words becomes so influential to so many different people. Memes are essentially the new clickbait title, but there's no clicking, it's just bait. Because you look at it, you get what it's trying to say, and you move on. Whereas at least with an article that has a clickbaity title, if you actually click the article and read it, the reason it's called clickbait is because it's generally not actually the entire premise of the article or not actually the best conceptualization of the issue. So when you have something that is in, is in of itself just a minor element of the topic put in a picture format which is so easily digestible and there is no ability in that moment to receive further information on that issue. The impact that it can have is that people forget to think about what they're consuming because it becomes so normalized to expect to see messages without having to think critically about them further. A lot of people in the questionnaire responded saying that they, you know, believed that memes could be a bouncing off point for further for further research and self-discovery. 
And others also said that, you know, the benefits that they talked about with memes were only benefits if people went on and did that further research and self-discovery. But I feel that memes in and of themselves are teaching us not to want to do further research and self-discovery because they are so broadly and widely and frequently proliferated that we've begin to become desensitized to the fact that we could be learning about this from somewhere else or that indeed we should be learning about this from somewhere else because you're not going to go and research the you know nuanced meaning behind every single meme you see because you would waste every single minute of your day if you did that and you regularly use social media because of how frequently they're used so the medium in and of itself is not only requiring individuals to do more research to fully be able to comprehend the situation, but it's also teaching us that we shouldn't want to or have to do more research to fully comprehend the situation because it's not really feasible to expect that of anybody. Something that I really see come through in this sort of idea of them being the clickbait but without the click is that they can be used to overtake conversations which have really divisive points to them which have really clear and discussable and maybe even headline worthy points in the issue but instead something about the situation becomes a meme which overrides the ability of anyone to truly engage with the complexity of the issue because when then you raise this with somebody who doesn't know as much about the topic, they will just revert back to discussing the meme because that's the known information about what has gone on. And a perfect example of this and something which happened quite recently is the Mike Pence versus Kamala Harris debate. So the vice presidential debate for the US election. For the days after the debate, the majority of what I saw about what had happened on that night was about a particular fly which had taken perch on Mike Pence's head. Now, this fly became memeified within a matter of hours and there was TikToks, there was YouTube videos, there was picture memes, there was text memes, there was a Twitter account. There was every scale of meme and memeable content imaginable. And for days, all you could see whenever you went on Facebook or social media or on any kind of social media platform was this fly sitting on Mike Pence's head throughout the entire debate and everyone making jokes about Mike Pence and Trump and everyone making jokes that this was the same fly that sat on Trump's head three years ago and, you know, this means this and this means that. And it was just all about this fly, this fly, this fly, this fly. If you go and watch that debate or if you go and search the controversy about that debate. What you'll uncover is inherent sexism and racism on the behalf of Pence towards Kamala and a lot of discussion from a lot of news outlets about how Kamala was, you know, angry and she was nasty and she was impatient throughout the debate. And yet if you watch the footage and you engage with it critically, you can also learn that Mike Pence interrupted Kamala 16 times throughout debate and Kamala interrupted Mike Pence about seven or eight times and yet the majority of her interruptions were centred around the fact that she had not finished speaking yet. And when you look at it like that, when you think about that debate for what it means, for what it means for our world, for what it means for that country, for what it means socially, we're talking about a fly which was in a room when this debate happened and yet we're not talking about the fact that the potential vice president 
of the United States, the current vice president of the United States, my apologies, was not able to show basic respect and decency towards his female oppositional candidate and that she was then typified in the media as an angry black woman despite displaying quite calm and considered answers and responses to a particularly quite vicious situation. Now, you might disagree with my interpretation of the debate. That's fine, but we're also not talking about it. I haven't had a conversation with anyone to discuss potential differing views about whether or not that debate was fair, whether or not the coverage was fair, whether or not Pence was being racist and sexist in the way that he was behaving. Yet, I have talked about the fly. I've talked about the fly with a couple of people, actually, and it seems very strange, really, when we think about it on that level. If we're going to say that memes can be useful because, you know, they help people come into social issues or, you know, it's a great starting off point for people to do their own research, that fly has dominated a very important event on the US election calendar And we're not actually talking about the problems that we all would say that that fly is memifying. Now, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer in the sense of, you know, that's just one instance. That's just one example. And it was a particularly unique situation, which is why it went viral in the way that it did. But I think it's a good example of how if you wanted to, you could introduce that sort of novelty meme element and make sure it got hyped up to a certain level so that people would ignore the negative things that had happened at that event. There is the potential that people on Pence's team were encouraging and involved in spreading that meme and re-spreading that narrative to avoid deeper discussion about what happened between the candidates themselves. And vice versa, it could have been Kamala's side that also spread that meme further in order to slide over things that they didn't want to discuss about the debate. It could have gone either way and it could have been anybody involved. But what it comes down to at the end of the day is that we're not talking about the actual issue. We're not critically engaging with the actual event. We're making TikToks about flies getting interviewed for Oscars. And whilst it is funny and it is humorous and it's the internet and that's wonderful in and of itself, it really does demonstrate that there is this tension between what we need to be paying attention to and what we become accustomed to being told and to therefore paying attention to. So this then takes us to the next point, which is what gets memed. What do we make memes out of? Why do we make memes out of those things? And what doesn't get memed in similar spaces? So from the questionnaire, the top results in terms of things that people have regularly seen being memeified online was politics with a specific focus on the US election and COVID, race with a lot of people talking about Black Lives Matter and gender issues, particularly around things like abortion, marriage equality and toxic masculinity. The average answer for engagement with meme content was a seven. So most people who responded engage in a sort of casual way with meme content on a regular basis. 
And the issues that we're looking at are probably three of the most divisive issues in terms of commonplace relative to pretty much, no, relative to every single person in the world and definitely relative to everybody who is listening to this podcast. So when it comes to these issues around where the memes are coming from and what things are getting memed, do we care where they're coming from in the sense of if that changes our perception of if they're problematic or not? If we take the fly example, if we knew that that was made viral and enhanced in its exposure because of a political campaign, because of a political choice to further that content, would that change our perception of whether or not we thought that that particular meme and that instance of viral media sensation was problematic or not? Or if it was made just by one of us and it suddenly went viral because there was so many of us that thought it was funny that we all put the caption on it and popped it up at the same time, do we care in a different way and do we analyse that in a different way if it is coming from the mass source, coming from the community in which we're all more equal players comparative to those of political authority? The implications of the use of memes as a cultural tool by those in authority has obviously a different impact than if it is just created by you and I. But then at the same time, does it really change the implications? Does it really change how we should view if it is or is not problematic? Or should we still view them in the same way and measure them on the same scale, irrespective of the source of the meme? I think it also then begs the question of when and when aren't memes created? Breonna Taylor was killed in her own home by police officers. And whatever your opinions of that situation are, it is very interesting to recognise that a black woman was killed and in the aftermath of her death and in the pursuit of justice for the people that killed her, part of the tactic from members of the community was to create a meme out of the need to arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. If you haven't seen it, it began as a recipe for a particular meal where it essentially is like, you know, get two cups of this and one cup of that, saute this, stir that, and arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. Now, we did not see that kind of memification when George Floyd Floyd was killed. We did not see that kind of memification when other instances of police brutality have occurred. Yet when it came to a black woman, her death was the meme. Some would argue that it was unique to the circumstances of the fact that the people that killed her did not face any kind of criminal charges or form of misconduct or any kind of follow-up process for months and months after her death. And therefore, it was a cultural reaction and a need to instigate a viral sensation in order to ensure 
that there was correct action taken in bringing the people that killed her to justice. The issue with that line of reasoning for myself is that the fact of the matter is, yes, people were not being prosecuted for her death. There was not an improper investigation. But is that not the problem in and of itself? Why then does it have to turn to memes as the solution to that problem when the meme in the way that we know it does take away and strip away the humanity of this situation. It does strip away her personhood. It reduces her to a one-liner at the end of a recipe which is supposed to create a viral sensation and create support for someone who was a person, a whole person who had a place in the society and was killed. Why is it? that it is acceptable when there is not justice for then her life to become a meme. And therefore, the justification of making her a meme is the fact that there is no justice. Because it just doesn't really sit right with me that you can reduce someone's personhood that much and yet then claim that the only reason you were doing so is to ensure that they received justice. Now, at the same time, I'm aware that I don't want to be too critical of that movement because there was value to it in some regard. We know her name. There has been cases brought. There has been action because of these viral movements around her death. And we have to respect that for what it is at this time. But I do want to be critical of the fact that it was a unique situation where the death of a black woman became a meme. And we have seen so many other instances of police brutality over the last few years forever, but particularly in this time of COVID where there has been the Black Lives Matter protests and there has been a greater focus from the broader society on these issues. Why is it that the black woman was made the meme out of all the instances that have occurred? And why have we enabled that to be a positive form of social engagement and social inquiry. And I think it's just really important to ask those questions and sit back and reflect on that uniqueness of the situation because there's so many elements there that point to microaggressions against that intersection of being a gendered and racialized person and in the way in which that then degrades and strips back the humanity of someone that is supposedly being fought for by the same masses. And I just want to leave you guys with that thought for a second and just to consider and reflect on what that means when we then want to talk about issues of performative equality and performative justice. Because for myself, that instance is an indication of performative activism in a way that really stripped away humanity from somebody who had already had her humanity taken away from her. I asked in the questionnaire what topics should never be memefied. The top ones were things that basically harmed others. That was the sort of overarching emphasis. Things like rape, racism, sexual assault, poverty, anything triggering interpersonal abuse and 
all of these topics are super heavy topics and they affect a lot of people in a lot of different ways. But something that I did notice from the results from the questionnaire was that the average answer for if memes were problematic or not was a six. And yet a lot of the topics noted by the same people that rated themselves around that six mark as being things that should not be memified were the ones that I have just listed and were also the same topics that people indicated as having most frequently seen as memes. And yet people were still answering that memes are only a six on the problematic scale, which was just average, just not really problematic either or. And I think that that differentiation is interesting. If we're going to indicate that we can see a lot of memes out there that speak on really heavy and difficult topics, and we're going to acknowledge that those topics potentially are the ones that should not be made memes of, but then yet in the same moment are not going to say that memes are inherently problematic. I guess this is where what we spoke about right at the beginning around the idea of what is a meme anymore becomes really important. Because I think when people answer the question, are memes problematic, we get flooded with the silly ones and the funny ones and the ones that aren't connected to social issues and are just lighthearted jokes that have grown from the internet culture. But at the same time, we are recognizing and discussing memes as being about these much more important, difficult topics and recognizing that there is potentially a need to not engage and not allow those kinds of narratives around such important social issues to be enabled. So I think it's interesting to consider then, do we have a different set of ethics around memes which are a joke and memes which are modern interpretations of social issues through imagery, for want of a better word there. The idea that if it's a joke, it has a different set of ethics was brought up by somebody in the questionnaire. And it made me sit back and think about stand-up comedy and the comedy world and how there are sort of different rules and different expectations around, you know, politically correct language and making jokes about classes of people who are a minority in whatever situation and how in comedy there is this sort of acceptance or allowance of that kind of language and that kind of behavior for the art. And if we're going to be applying that same standard to memes and imagery as content, it does seem like we're going to run into some problems because of the intersection of the virality of the meme and then these different parameters for if it's a joke and if it's not a joke, yet the audience is literally everybody. That struggle and that tussle there is just something interesting to note and something that when I was looking through the results really stood out to me for the fact that as I went through each individual question, yes, I generally sort of agreed with what was being said and I wasn't that surprised that it was a six on the problematic scale. But then when I reflected on how those three answers met up with each other and how that was reflected across the whole range of responses, it became very interesting to consider then how the definition of a meme is changing from question to question because we aren't actually sure ourselves and it is a lot harder to be critical of a topic or of a form of media that we cannot ourselves define because there's not one thing to stick 
the answer to and there's not one thing to be critical of because it is such a broad spectrum that we do not yet quite know the limits of. So are memes problematic? What are the positives and the negatives of them? What comes out of meme culture that we need to be aware of? So like I said before, people on average rated themselves a six for if they believed that memes were problematic. Some of the more negative comments were that a generalization tends to manifest bias and can overlook the full truth of the situation. Memes are something to laugh at. Conditioning people to make fun of these issues is surely harmful. Pathos is an astounding tool which can be manipulated to manipulate. Memes contribute to a performative culture of sharing online content without engaging in genuine activism or change, something most of us are likely guilty of. Now, all of these points are things that I've sort of touched on briefly before, but I think that idea that memes being something to laugh at and therefore that conditioning people to make fun of them ties into what I was just speaking about in the sense of when we're trying to give a spectrum of what a meme is and on one end it's laugh your ass off and on the other end it's cringe because it's so heavy. When we don't know where the limits are, it is very easy to see how those things begin to overlap and begin to become confused. And when you're consuming so many memes on a daily basis and you're consuming so much of this content at rapid fire paces, those lines begin to blur. And the impacts of that can be quite detrimental. Some of the more positive notes around memes and what they could potentially be beneficial for were that they plant the seed for individuals to respond to social issues they've been exposed to. Humour is a great coping mechanism in a world that is falling apart. The ideas from memes can be taken out of the ivory tower in which they were built. Memes are a positive way to tap into younger mindset and younger generations. Shared exposure to these social issues can be helpful and memes help us do that. And I do agree. I think that the widespread nature of memes and the fact that they are this sort of generational thing is positive in some way. The humor being a great coping mechanism, I know myself and my friends have used memes as a way to poke fun at our own lives and to reflect back on times which were maybe not so positive, but bring it with a lighthearted approach. That self-deprecation is a big part of memes, particularly when you share them and you know that the content is more relevant to yourself, which your friends will recognize than it is to them. The idea that memes allow ideas to be taken out of the ivory tower, I think is true to the extent that if you're cognizant of what comes from the ivory tower, it is a way to simplify and make bite-sized, maybe more difficult issues. But I'd be hesitant to say that they enable better engagement because often if something is from the ivory tower, and by that we mean the halls of academia and university life, I guess, there's a level of inherent understanding that sort of must be have on the topic to actually understand the meme to understand its connection 
to the information that maybe has come from the ivory tower. I mean that in the sense that if something is truly a complex academic idea, it seems unlikely that someone who has no interaction or no previous knowledge or understanding of that idea will be able to, will want to appreciate a meme of that content or will be interested in a meme of that content. It feels more likely that they would read it or engage with it and maybe laugh at it on one level, but then disregard it on another because it isn't relevant to what they're discussing and knowing about. I think if you want to talk about ideas being taken out of the ivory tower and being able to be more consumable by everybody, short form articles, even tweets are probably more accurate in that because there is more scope for discussion. There is more scope for breadth of understanding Whereas a lot of the memes that I can think of that touch on those kinds of issues require you to already have the inside knowledge to fully engage with it and find the humour, but also the seriousness there. And that's not to devalue anyone who does find that humour and that value there without having that inside knowledge. But just from the examples that I can consider, I feel like it does require a certain level of extra complexity and understanding. So what is the impact of these memes? What is the impact of these issues that we're pointing to and also the potential positives? I think we need to recognise that a subconscious stance on an issue can be developed based on the information provided to us in memes. Whether we like it or not, we're very influenced by our environment. And if you're anything like myself, you spend a chunk of your time on social media and if you're engaging with content constantly from social media that is feeding you a similar narrative and teaching you a similar way of thinking whether it be humorous or not then you're likely to begin to develop a subconscious belief system which aligns with that which you're being shown all the time and that's a perfectly natural thing it happens to everybody but if that content is derogatory, if it is racist, if it is sexist, if it is classist, then what does that do then when it feeds into the rest of your life? How does that affect the way you treat other people and think about other people outside of a meme context? A response in the questionnaire said, at what point do we recognize that repeated exposure to these messages may subconsciously influence your perception on certain topics? And I think this goes to the idea of desensitization, because if the meme to you is just funny, but it has a negative impact for a minority group, you aren't necessarily in every single moment that you're engaging with that meme going to be able to reflect and recognize the negative impact it might be having on somebody who does not belong to your social group. But what happens over time is that you begin to endorse that view in your own head because you're so used to seeing it played out in front of you. And I do believe that this can build up 
negative behaviors and beliefs about other people into such a level that it actually changes your language and it changes the way that you speak about others. Now, I don't want to give memes too much credit in that sense, but I do think that they're an extension of stereotyping and they are definitely an extension of microaggressions. And this is what I began to discuss before around Breonna Taylor in the sense that microaggressions are commonplace daily behavioral indignities, whether intentional or unintentional, that communicate hostile, derogatory or negative attitudes towards stigmatized or culturally marginalized groups. These are things that for individuals who are not on the receiving end of these aggressions may not recognize as harmful. Indeed, they might call somebody out for being too sensitive if they react to such an action. But for the individuals on the receiving end of these, for the individuals that this affects, it is death by a thousand paper cuts. And it is just as harmful as overt racism, sexism, classism, or any other kind of derogatory behavior towards a minority group. And so when you engage with memes that make light of these people and of these social groups, you are subtly endorsing the messages that they spread and you are probably likely being influenced by them because all of us are to some level and it comes down to a personal responsibility to critique and engage with your own media and your own exposure because otherwise you could potentially be doing undoing precious work where you feel that you have tried to chip away at these biases that you feel that you may have and instead are actually chipping away at them but building them back up at the same time by engaging with content which you push aside as humorous or as a joke but with, which actually comes at the expense of someone else. A particular kind of meme that I see a lot and I've spoken about with other people as well is around toxic relationship dynamics. Now, those of you who follow Florence Given will know that she coined the phrase heterifying as a term to encapsulate heterosexual behaviors which were toxic and confounding when you really begin to think about what they mean for the way in which we conceive of heterosexual relationships in society. Tropes like going down to the pub and not calling your missus and her being crazy for wanting to get you home would be heterifying. Now, the way this feeds into memes is that I think we've all seen our fair share of memes which make light of these supposedly normal and commonplace relationship dynamics, particularly between heterosexual couples. But what they actually point towards is common disrespect and toxic relationship energy, which feeds on gender norms and toxic masculinity and fails to find mutual respect and care for women in these dynamics, because there's and re-ingraining of the idea that men are these clueless, hapless, hurtful creatures and women are these 
emotional, controlling, sexless beings who don't have equal autonomy in the relationship with their male counterpart. And yes, have I shared a meme like this? Have I laughed at a meme like this? Of course I have. Everybody has. They're everywhere. But when you think about it, does it not cut the conversation off at its knees where then we want to go and talk about feminism and we want to talk about positive relationship dynamics and we want to talk about men being vulnerable and women being able to be power players and not be criticised for that? When we try and have these conversations around changing our perspectives on gender and encouraging more diverse conceptions of what a positive, healthy relationship can look like and how that should stem from mutual respect and communication, but then turn around and laugh at memes where the man cannot find the clit and the woman must belong in the kitchen and there's these just ingrained insidious gender norms built up in these memes that we still continue to consume and yet we're claiming that we are a much more progressive and much more caring and much more aware generation, particularly when it comes to the way in which we treat our significant others. The normalisation of these behaviours is problematic and in each individual meme, maybe it's not that big of a deal, but it's if it's 1% of 1%, eventually you get to a full 1% and then eventually you get to 10% and then you get to 100% of the problem. And I think there's just something to be said for the fact that these memes and the way in which they can influence our psychology and change the way that we might approach people that we care about in our own day-to-day life, it detracts from so much more of the work that I feel that so many people around me are trying to do and that so many people in our generation are trying to engage with around tearing down old school notions of belonging and old school notions of worth in so many different aspects of society. It really is building up an unconscious bias towards different groups of people. And that unconscious bias prevents real performative change in areas in which we really need it. Because we've seen time and time again, through study after study, through situation after situation, that there is unconscious bias towards women in the workplace. There is unconscious bias towards black people when it comes to crime. There is unconscious bias towards Indigenous Australians in our country. There is unconscious bias towards people with disabilities. There is unconscious bias towards people of different sexual orientations. And the nicest most caring, most educated person in the world will still demonstrate and perform unconscious bias against minority groups because that's part of the world in which we're socialised in. But I really want to ask the question, at what point do these memes about social issues cross that line where they begin to detract from all the other work being done in all the other spaces on these topics? And do we have more to answer for in the way in which we endorse and allow this meme culture to become so prevalent and so insidious in the way that we engage with one another? Do we need to more clearly define the parameters of what a meme is and more specifically delineate between memes which are lighthearted, casual fun 
and content which is no longer going to be talked about as a meme but is recognized for being a statement about a social issue and something which should be addressed for what it is which is the repetition of stereotypes creating negative behaviors in the individual I think the thing that I'd like people to take away from this and I guess this goes for so many different topics as well but what we consume tends to consume us whether we notice it or not and given how many respondents acknowledge their reliance and consumptions of memes as part of how they became informed about social issues and the way in which we rely as a whole on social media to be aware of social issues, I think we need to be slightly more careful about the kinds of media that we consume on a rapid fire mass scale. Because I believe that one life-changing positive article about recognizing difference in others and creating proper change and actually acting on your activism can be undone by 20 memes that get scrolled past at the blink of an eye. That subliminal messaging, that unconscious bias that that creates needs to be critically evaluated as much as possible and discussed on a much more nuanced level so that we as a community, as a generation, can truly enact so much of the change and so much of the social movement that we like to assign as our glorifying moment of we are the ones that are cutting away this, we are the ones that are part of this social movement, we are the ones that are are creating change here. If that is the case, if that is how we want to be defined, if that is what you personally believe in, then the little things do also need to be recognised as having the potential to build up and have a significant influence, even if on the individual level they seem very insignificant in and of themselves. So next time you're scrolling and you see a meme, just stop and think about it and try and consider the pros and the cons of it and whether you think somebody who isn't you, someone who doesn't belong to your social group or your class or your racial group or your gender, would they struggle with that content? And why would they struggle with that content? And doesn't that mean that you need to consider the way in which you perceive that content if you're going to try and be there for people who are not yourselves? I think it would be a really interesting discussion to have on the Facebook community after this about what kind of memes you see that you've suddenly started to recognize are actually a lot more problematic than you initially thought or that you do feel are unnecessary for the way in which they perpetuate stereotypes that we claim to be so much further removed from. I would love to hear your thoughts on all of this and I so appreciate everybody's responses to the questionnaire as there was so much in there that gave me space to unpack different ideas in ways that I hadn't considered before I began to plan out this episode. I really hope that you've been able to take what you can from what I've said today and I hope you know that I still love a good meme. I just would prefer the ones that fit into that targeted box of being humour and jokes and lighthearted fun rather than those that perpetuate negative stereotypes about other people. 
I would love to hear your thoughts. And if anybody wants to discuss this further, you know where to find me. Get me started podcast, Facebook community group. Thank you very much for listening. And I will see you guys next time.